Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a jam-packed show for you today. We'll get you caught up with what's popping. We're going to play a new game, Cage or Cusack. We're going to be reviewing Joker. And in honor of Joker, we'll have our top five comic book villains. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. I am your host, Cam. With me, as always, is Kirk. Hello, hello. And it has been too long, Kirk. It has been a really long time. It's, it has. It's been, what, almost two weeks now? It has. My fault. My son got super sick. No, it's not all your fault. We had some scheduling conflicts. I didn't want to catch the fl- the stomach flu or whatever, so, I mean... Why not? Well, you know, it's a fair question, but I think when it comes down to it, Having the choice between um, vomiting violently or not, I'll take the latter yeah. of the two. Yeah. And he was the only one that got it. Asher did. Yeah. I just lived in fear. Every bite I took out of any oh, piece dude. of food, I was like, is this going to be really bad throwing it's, up or not so bad? No, it's the worst feeling. It's yeah. the worst. It's, it's actually worse than getting it yeah. is like having someone in your family who has it because you just live in fear. Right. You're like, well, my time is coming. Is this going to be the meal that does it? He yeah. ate, he threw up twice. After he threw up the first time, we thought we were in the clear. Then we had chili, and then he threw up, and I was like, that's going to burn. That's going to burn if I if I get mm, this. Yeah, see, no, not good. I'm thankful that we've made it past, and everyone's clear. We're all good. We're all good. So, uh, yeah, glad glad to have that. Thank you for bearing with us during this absence. I've missed it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was like, this, it's too long. It's too long, but it's good. Um, we're reviewing Joker this week, which I would say... Is it is it safe to say that this was our most anticipated movie so far? I would think so. Because we've been talking about it literally, I think, since episode one. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I've been scrolling through our social media. I think we've we've posted for it like a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was a big deal. I think at the beginning there was kind of like this, is it going to be good? You know, because before it comes out, this this project to me had tons of red flags. You know, you've got Todd Phillips. This is his first real foray into something like this. You've got... Joaquin Phoenix, who, while great, you know, can't, without good writing, just make a movie good. Mm-hmm. You've got DC, who, I mean, their track record is less than stellar. So I was just, I was very nervous. And then the reviews started coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started to think this is going to be a big deal. The hype started to pick up. So I'm extremely excited to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, if you're anything like me, we saw this movie last Friday. So it's been almost, it's been six days since we've seen it. And living with this movie. I mean, I think about it so much. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. It's time to get it off our chest. Yeah. Yeah. So this will be a good conversation. Um, we're also playing a new game to exploit my confusion of John, John Cusack and Nicolas Cage. We're playing Cage or Cusack. Um, I will do a prediction. I will do absolutely terrible at this game because in my head, I see only one one person. They are. The, I can't explain why. 
but it's just you know how those things they just happen your brain just it, it's trying to juggle too much and it's just like take shortcuts it's like oh, these are the same person here's what i'll say about the game you've got a 50 50 shot every time so oh that's fair so that's fair shoot your shot man yeah just know that if i do well it's sure it's just purely because of that exactly i mean unless it's like i know national treasure is nicholas cage and that's not on the list today oh of course not <laughs> of course not <laughs> just like jerry Maguire wasn't on the last game list you know precisely okay, saving all the easy ones um so that should be a good time we got what's popping of course we're gonna do top five comic book villains which i'm stoked about should be a really good one right um which this is probably a good time to bring up what we are wearing kirk do you want to enlighten our listeners i would love to so right now cam and i before we started recording we came in i pulled out some old theater makeup from the the depths of a closet yes and we got some theater makeup on. We put some Joker makeup on. You probably saw it on social media. Yes. By the time you, that you're listening to this, it's already up. Go take a look. We were recording wearing it, so. We're looking at each other in Joker makeup. I know. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm probably going to have a hard time with the rest of the show. Because I wasn't at first. I'm just numb to it because it's been like 30 minutes since we put it on. But now I'm actively thinking about it and it's kind of <laughs> bothering me. So. Yeah. My problem is that I'm getting a little sweaty because makeup, the theater makeup is thick. It's thick. It's, it's meant to stay yeah. on you. And it's kind of burning my eyes a little bit because it's I've like been taking sweating. the paint that you paint your walls, like in your house yeah. and putting it on your face. Exactly. So basically what it feels like. Exactly. So we'll, we'll see if you start to hear us cry or whimper, that's scream, <laughs> just ignore it. Fast forward 30 <laughs> seconds. Hopefully we've gone it's through it. It's just our eyes melting out of our skulls. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. And we'll probably like, since this is old theater makeup, <laughs> like probably have some sort of horrible rash, incurable rash tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Le, uh, best of luck to us hope that hope we get lots of likes on social media <laughs> so this one pays off please okay i want to jump into what we watched this week because i actually got to watch some stuff congrats uh, <laughs> yeah thank you thank you um, it's hard it's hard with little kids we actually i should i should fill the listeners in on a little life update i've been out of my house for like two and a half weeks uh due to catastrophic um plumbing issues we had a giant leak uh, outside of our house it was underneath our big stone and brick porch and so it took a long time to fix it during that time we were with my lovely in-laws which was awesome and it allowed me some time because you know they, they're grandparents right you know <laughs> so they're like this is great you know you get to watch the kiddo and i'm like this is great i get to like actually have some time so yeah um yeah watched lots of television this week started fleabag okay um the, the seasons are short. Did you know that? The seasons are like six episodes each. I saw that, yes. And each episode is 30 minutes. So, I mean, it just really buzzes. So, I finished season one, which isn't as impressive of a feat as it sounds. But it, it was really good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Nice. Um, I haven't seen season two, which is the one that got all the accolades at the Emmys, you know. But um, I can see why this show is getting those accolades. And if it's even better in season two, then I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Very nice. I also watched Succession, of course. Of, of course. course I watched Succession. Um, episode 8 is what I watched. There's two more. It's getting, it's heating up. Is this the new? Or episode 8 and 9. I think I think this Sunday is the finale, actually. Maybe. Is this like the next Rage? Like the next um, Game I mean, of Thrones? I mean, it's not Game of Thrones. It's not Game of Thrones. Sure. Different I, genres. I don't know what will be the next Game of Thrones. Maybe Watchmen? Yeah, that's a good I call. Think, I think to be Game of Thrones, it has to have that prior base yeah. you know that prior fan base so like succession has to grow everything organically mm-hmm. whereas like watchmen will have a bunch of people that jump on just because they they read the book 
and are interested in the subject matter. Game of Thrones was the same way. You know, these are, there were the people at the very beginning of all of it. There were the people who watched or who read the books right. and very few others. And then it just, you know, it spread. Um, so I don't know. I, th- I think succession is high quality. People talk about it a lot, um, but I don't think it'll be Game of Thrones. And Understood. then um, I watched a lot of Veep. So just like mostly TV. Excellent. Yeah, all good. What about you? Yeah. So after I watched Joker, I really wanted to remind myself of what Joaquin had been in, you know, because I just wanted to see like, what are his varying performances before I could, you know, actively rate this. So, so I already had seen signs. I'd seen the village. I'd seen ladder 49 parts of the master. I've never seen gladiator all the way through. What? And that's horrible to admit. Ooh, it's so good. I know. I know, and I still need to oh, watch is this it. One of, this was one of those TBS things, wasn't it? Because they, they exactly. do show they show that one like on cr- Christmas Eve. They'll just like play Gladiator. They're like, we got to fill time. It's three and a half hours. Go. Yes, and it's been playing. So I've got YouTube TV, and it's been playing randomly on like TNT as well because of Joaquin, because of Joker, right? Because they know they're going to get some watchers and sure. viewership. Yeah. So I went, I went ahead and watched none of those. I watched We Own the Night with Joaquin Phoenix Ooh, and Mark Wahlberg. How was that? I've not seen that. Loved it. Yeah, I really loved it. It was um, this this crime, drug drama. Um, Joaquin is uh, is a nightclub manager, yeah, and his his previous um, kind of headship of his family and generationally is all in the police, all in the uh, law enforcement, and so it's cool. I don't want to give away too much if you haven't seen it. It's old, but it's yeah, yeah, it's good. Robert no, Cabal, I want to check it out for Joaquin, sure. Joaquin Mark Wahlberg, it's wonderful. So I watched that. I watched almost all of The Shining. Oh, nice. Nice. Seen it before. Wanted to refresh myself for Dr. Sleep coming up in November. Yes. And then I watched an episode of Stump Town. Oh, yeah. This is the uh, Colby Smulders. That's right. That's yeah. right. Or Kobe, sorry. Kobe yeah. Smulders. A.K.A. Robin Scherbatsky. A.K.A. AKA Agent Hill. There it is. Maria Hill. Not bad. Not bad for first episode. I've got three recorded. Yeah. I'll check them out. See if it goes anywhere. I've heard pretty good things mm-hmm. which for network television this is me I'm, I'm you know i'm showing my true colors as a mo- as a tv snob but which for network television is rather <laughs> impressive actually yeah i would say they always try to cram too much into the first episode so that's why they do because they know i mean it's it's the nature of the business you know it's it's the they gotta land the deal yeah <laughs> you know they have to get the ratings on the first ep- i mean you are you have a very short line you know whenever you're starting a new tv show they'll exactly. cut you off immediately and they're dropping all these threads i'm like hmm, wonder what that's gonna play out as so yeah it's almost too much so i'm hoping that episode two and three i'll decide if yeah I'm maybe it'll watching. smooth out a little bit you know get a little bit more even and that i mean that's why these shows you know it, it's an interesting point like shows like parks and rec and the office and what have you you know the 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 really successful network tv shows brooklyn 99 even um People are always like, well, the first season is not that great. There's a reason for that. Right. Is that they're catering to, they want to make their show as not polarizing as possible. You know, they want it mass, mass appeal, mass yep. appeal, which means um, it's a little bit more boring, but it helps them to get going. And then later on, they can really be creative and artistic because they've earned, you know, they've earned it. Right. Um, so that's interesting. I think that's something that kind of needs to change in network television, you know, because my my general view is it's not in a good spot, um, but I maybe agree. maybe uh, hope hopefully Stumptown can can be a good one. I, I root for Kobe Smulders. I think she's really talented. Agreed. Sweet. Is that it? That's it. I you brought up uh, Doctor Sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified of that. Me too. I, the the trailers keep coming out, and I'm like, no, please, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't want to see this. It's so scary. 
but I feel like in November we're finding ourselves seeing that movie probably. There's oh. a good chance. Oh, absolutely. <sighs> All work and no play, Kirk. I'm uh, I'm scared. I'm you scared. should be. There, yeah. there are some crazy things happening in that trailer. Rebecca Ferguson looks like just a demon. In I that. know. What? Like, stop. You're scaring me. No, she's supposed to be a good guy. And all right, well, here we go. I know. It's going to be It's gonna be an interesting time. Red um, Rom. Red yeah. <laughs> I hope you and McGregor does that. <laughs> Red Rom. Red Rom. This is my friend Tony. <laughs> yes. I also hope so. <laughs> um, but I also do not because I'm terrified. Um, so anyway, sounds like, sounds like a pretty good week of watching stuff. Mm-hmm. I was glad that I actually got to watch some things. Um, also a good week for movie news. Got lots of movie news. What's popping? Oh, sorry. Yes. What's popping? Yeah. <laughs> what? And here is what's popping, Kirk. Tell me. You'll be pleased to know that, um, I, I, I haven't heard much about this project before the last couple of days, but there is a movie coming out called Violence of Action. Okay. Starring Chris Pine. One of your faves. I love Chris Pine. Yeah. And they just added Ben Foster, who was his co-star in Hell or High Water, which excellent. Holy smokes, was that movie good? Um, underrated. Didn't it get nominated for Best Picture though? It did. I think just not very many people saw it. To yeah. be honest with you, and you should if you haven't. Very I love the well way that done. movie is uh, shot. Really, yes. really well shot. Um, and also added one of my faves, um, Jillian Jacobs, who was in Don't Think Twice. She was in Community. I think she's fantastic. I wish she got more work. So I'm excited to see this. Um, this movie is being fronted by Thunder Road Films, who produced the John Wick series. Uh-oh. So, I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited about it. Yeah, that's got a big backing right there. Yeah, yeah. And, I I don't know. I mean, this this cast has got me intrigued. I don't know what this movie's about. It has violence in the title and action in the title, so... <laughs> How can you go wrong? I'm like, eh, well, I'm sold. Um, so, it should be a good one. All right. Um, onward. The new Pixar film, Onward, dropped mm-hmm. a new trailer today. And this was the first full-length trailer that we got. The first trailer that we got was a teaser. Uh, it was a long teaser, but it was effectively like, um, you know, Pixar's been kind of doing this, where they introduce you to the world that they're creating, you know, so you start to get acclimated with it. They did this with Zootopia. Um, Coco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so a few a few others. So, um, wait, was Zootopia Disney Animation Studios? Probably. Jeez, oh, it's so confusing. <laughs> it's so confusing now, Kirk. I can't yeah. keep it straight. I I, I never because you know they straight. even took John Lasseter from Pixar and put him on Disney Animation Studios, so the movies even look similar now. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It's a whole thing. I'm gonna look that up after after this and be like, dang it. I bet you're right though. But anyway, they do this thing, Disney, Pixar, whoever, where they introduce you to their world, and then they do they give us a little bit of plot in the second trailer. So we got some plot, and. This is this cast is incredible. We've got um, Tom Holland, Octavia Spencer, Julia Louis Dreyfus, Chris Pratt. Those are the big names. Mm-hmm. Um, which really that sounds fun already. Oh yeah. Um, this music this movie takes place in like a magical land that's kind of like lost its luster a little bit. It's kind of modernized, you know. Um, so that's pretty fun. And the plot here is basically they find out their dad is was a wizard, and they're trying to bring him back. And I think uh, it. Not where I was expecting them to go, but what did you think of the trailer? Yeah, I was very shocked by it. It made seeing from the world go into the the world teaser trailer into this official trailer, it was very different. It seemed very weekend at Bernie's, like in reverse. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, just, that's that's essentially what it is. So because well, he's, he's just like a pair of legs. That's it. Yeah, and they dress him up with they give him like a fake body, a uh, top half body. <laughs> yeah, which is brilliant. Yeah, it's really uh, funny. And to have you know Chris uh, 
Pratt and Tom Holland like freaking out over this. Like, what are we going to do? Like pretty, pretty good antics that are happening. Yeah. I mean, I have to think that Pixar thinks this is going to be a smash hit because they started promoting it really early. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it was like, I don't know if it was like after the Super Bowl or after something that they first showed the first trailer and uh, it was crazy. I feel like we heard about this no visuals but just the title and some maybe like pixie dust yeah when we watched when we saw far from home yeah 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 uh, sure the, the, it's so interesting that you said about the world because i like the world more from this official trailer than i did from the teaser i agree i agree i was not i was not fully sold mm-hmm. it, it was it just seemed very different from what pixar has done in the past you mm-hmm. know in, in a lot of ways which is not always bad but it, it was kind of hard to get used to but i do think it looks better now and as i watch it i'm thinking can they implement this into the disney parks and the answer is yes and it'd be really cool. oh yeah absolutely it'd be really yeah. cool it always comes back to the bottom line kirk <laughs> you know right. Dis- disney is not cranking out movies for nothing you know they, they've got a master plan and they're executing um i'm excited for this one um i think i think pixar thinks this is going to be a smash hit they've clearly invested a lot in it with just not just the voice acting but also the advertising and marketing behind it so um I'm excited. I'm, I'm more excited after this trailer. Would you mm-hmm. agree? Absolutely. Okay. Next one. Alfonso Cuaron, director of Gravity, director of Roma, which, mm-hmm. holy cow, that's that's a cinematic achievement. He is the director of so many good things. Harry Potter. That's right. <laughs> and The Prisoner of Azkaban. I think that was him. Big one, yeah. Uh, my favorite one. I love The Prisoner of Azkaban. I love it because it's like a it's like a murder mystery almost. You know, they, you got to like solve the clue. You know, they they go back in time. They solve it. That's uh, the time travel one. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, one. yeah, it's the best. And one. Gary Oldman gets introduced. Like, hello. I know, I know. It's good. It's all because of Alfonso Cuarón. Mm-hmm. But the point um, is that he's going to be working for Apple. He signed a deal with Apple to make shows with Apple TV. Wowzers. So. Um, I'm excited. This is, this is a big deal. I think he, you know, he is one of, he's one of the best directors. I think that's safe to say, right? He's one of the best directors in Hollywood right now. Easily. Yeah. Um, so TV shows, maybe some movies. I mean, I don't know if they have exclusivity on this deal, but I, I definitely, you know, cause, cause Apple TV's content, I'm not fully sold on what they've showed so far. Like there's two shows that I'm interested in, you know, um, but the rest, I'm like, you know, they kind of need to build out their portfolio a little bit. But mm. I'm, I'm starting to get there. I kind of see where they're going. I think they want a really premium level of content. Yeah. Um, I think they want lots of original content. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited. I wonder if this is who they pivoted to when J.J. Abrams said no. Could be. Because is he, plan, is he plan B? Yeah. Yeah. Because we knew that he had the, the deal on the table. He said, nah, no exclusivity. But here comes Alfonso Cuaron. Yes. To Apple TV. So... Yeah, it, it could be. I, I have to imagine he came in at a lower price tag than JJ, just because JJ has the clout of being just a creative force of nature. Yes, um, always kind of has, and and so he's not just a director; he's everything. He's yeah. a he's a world builder, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, I, I think if if this was their plan B, pretty darn good plan B. Great choice. <laughs> um, so that that's pretty cool. But the big news story, the big news story that came out since we last spoke is our buddy Martin, Marty Scorsese, <laughs> friend, of Marty. The po- friend of the pop, Marty. <laughs> We're not only on a first name basis with him, but on a nickname first name basis mm. with him. Um, but we've, we've got a bone to pick with Marty. He, he said 
and I'm only going to quote part of this. See if you can hear my air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) He basically said that Marvel is not cinema. That's where the air quotes were, in case you were wondering. Um, Let's talk about this a little bit. Because this this is an interesting take, and I don't I think um, you know a lot a lot of what I saw on Twitter were people like saying we're all overreacting to this. We're all it's it's not a story, and and I think that that's fair until you've got people like James Gunn, Samuel L. Jackson, Robert Downey Jr. coming out and, and, and acknowledging it. You know, not not only just because they were asked. I think if they if this wasn't a big deal. And they were asked the question, they'd just be like, eh, whatever. But most of them actually had a point of view on it. Um, and I think that there is an important distinction with this claim, and I want to see if you agree with me. Lay it out there. I don't think the I don't think the issue is that Martin Scorsese doesn't like the Marvel films, right? Like we knew he wouldn't like the Marvel films. Look at look at the movies that Martin Scorsese makes. Exactly. I don't I didn't think for one moment that he would like the Marvel movies, but the problem is that he called them not cinema right it's that he called them not cinema which is a totally different claim altogether so what was your take whenever you heard this i was definitely annoyed you know i've been on a martin scorsese kick recently sure and that was even before i knew the irish man was coming and then here and then here it is it's just like a driving force i'm just trying to get to november 27th and i was kind of mad you know because i love those marvel films yeah with with all my heart they're definitely cinema you and uh um half of the world <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's people out there who don't like scorsese or don't like the marvel films but you can't just discount them it's not you i don't know there's just yeah no reason so to he he also said that he tried to watch them you know so so this means that he's he's giving this take after not even really watching them um and i i think I, i'll give my take i'm a little tired of the uppity directors and filmmakers mostly mostly not people like martin scorsese but people on the indie film side of the business basically acting like their work is above this mm-hmm. you know above what marvel's doing that it's that what marvel's doing is just theatrics and it's not really anything but a shiny object for dumb people to look at you know there's a lot there's a lot of that sentiment in the indie film community and i'm like Guys, you're you're missing the boat in a in a pretty major way, and you're making yourself look dumber than the people that you're calling dumb for liking these movies. Mm-hmm. And there were, it's shocking because Martin Scorsese has worked with so many actors, so many different producers, and executives. people who have undoubtedly been involved in at least one of these projects, exactly or multiple. And those people came and came at him. Even one of the actors from Joker came at him and said, "Yeah, no, they're definitely cinema. Step back." Yeah. Right. I don't know how you how you don't have the uh, the the for the forethought on that to say yeah they're okay even if you just said that it'd be like all right they're not for him who cares right but to just discount them is really ugh, it's jarring yeah and I, and I know he didn't see I know he didn't see Endgame <laughs> if, he, if that's his take I know he didn't see Endgame because there's a particular Avengers Assemble scene in that movie <laughs> that is the most cinematic thing I've ever seen yeah period end of story i wonder if he's been spoiled on it yet or not yeah i don't know um <laughs> but i i, I do want to make it clear that like mark you're you're absolutely entitled to not liking the marvel movies you 100 i think that they're they're yeah any movie but to to take a you know it's the, this to me is the same argument as the grouchy old people who say hamilton's not a musical mm. for people who say 
that rap isn't music or country music isn't music or Wrong. you know what I mean? Like just cause you don't like, it doesn't mean it's not art. And it doesn't mean that it's not art in the field that it says it is like, mm-hmm. you just don't like it and just leave it. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Walk away, have your opinion, voice your opinion, but don't be whatever I say is truth. Yeah. You yeah. Can't, you don't can't have that. Don't statement. belittle it. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, Marty, we love you, but watch yourself. You do not have a chair here yet. It's true. It's true. We thought about it, and then you said this, and we were like, mm. Mm. we we were like, you know what? JJ still has a chair, though. Oh, yes. JJ's and chair will never move. There's another chair here, but I can't read the uh, the name tag on it. I forget what we wrote on there. <laughs> yes, I do, too. I think it was... I don't remember. I'm going to, <laughs> <laughs> to go back and check the tape. We got to stop giving out chairs. If we're going to forget who's sitting in them, it's going to be really embarrassing when like three people show up. And we only got two chairs. <laughs> They'll be sitting in our laps like, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be bad news. Um, that's that's all we got for what's popping though. So pretty good week. Pretty good week of stories. Definitely. I'm, I, for one, am just super stoked about violence of action. Mm-hmm. Now. now that I know about it, I'm excited. Yeah. It's creeping in and it's going to be great. Yes. All right, game master. Oh, let's, let, <laughs> let's play a game that is to show how my brain doesn't work when it comes to Nicholas Cage and John Cusack. So this is Cage or Cusack. Cage or Cusack. You're just gonna love this, man. I, I've got like uh, a list of 100 movies in front of me. I'm just gonna pick and choose. I'm sorry. I'm not oh, gonna do all oh, of them. Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> I was like Kirk. You can't do that to me, man. This is <laughs> if you're if you're a Patreon uh, supporter, you're gonna listen to all of them after this. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do a thousand. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right, so we're gonna kick this off. You gotta tell me, is this Cage or Cusack? Ready. This film, it's a remake. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now you. Okay, I was making sure you weren't I, pulling up IMDb. No, no. Or anything. <laughs> I will not cheat. Uh, you have me at my word, but I do have a clarifying question. Go, please. Is there a both option? Will there will there be any in here that is both? Unless I have Conair. Conair's not on this list. Okay, but that was my only clarifying question. So if if to your knowledge there are no boths on this list, I will. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Yes. Also, this is also probably why this is confusing. They're only two years apart, so their careers sh- shot at the same time. I know, but I, you know, after the episode, I looked at their pictures. I mean, I know what they look like. They don't look alike, <laughs> no, they you don't. know. So, th- so this is the most baffling thing. I've told multiple people. Well, you know, now I've told the free world, but originally this was known to just just people who knew me closely. Yeah, and everyone's been like, "Wait, what? Why?" Yeah, and I I don't have a good their answer. Their names, I mean, other than they both start start, with a, C, start with a C. That's that must be it. <laughs> it's Nicholas and John. Nicholas and John. Before we get started, John just, Cage and Nicholas Cusack. Yes, yeah. <laughs> ready. <laughs> quick, quick, um, Joker makeup uh, update. My mouth has touched the mic, and there's red like makeup on my. Oh, mic. you're gonna be in trouble. My mouth and my nose. So sorry, Ryan. Ryan. If you hear like wiping, that's because I can't take it anymore. Here we go. Goodness. Cage or Cusack? Yes, ready. This is a remake. The Wicker Man. The Wicker Man. Cage. That is correct. All right. Starting out hot. Have you seen this movie? No. Have you seen the original? No. Horrifying. Oh, yeah. No, thanks. Absolutely That would be why. That would be why, Kirk. Basically, it's like the original Midsummer movie that your parents accidentally saw. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I saw this movie on purpose, and I was mortified. The remake or the original? The original, which is scarier Mm. because it was in the 70s. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything in the 70s was scary. That's a fact. You know what? The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I said was the scariest movie ever. Yep. Made in the 70s. That's right. They were messed up in the 70s, man. Messed up. I don't know what they were doing. <clears throat> Drugs. Mostly. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I feel like you're going to be better at this than you thought. You ready? I am. The next one. Wind Talkers. Oh, boy. I know what this movie is. This mm-hmm. is the movie about the Navajo Code, Exactly. Right? Oh, man. Cage. That is correct. Oh, uh, that was a total guess, man. I, I saw, I know the character and I know the movie, but I was th- that was one of those where I was like, I don't know. That is correct. Good job, man. We're going to go with long pause. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I almost had a heart attack. I was like, what? What is it? I fell asleep, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he just hears snoring. <laughs> Here's a trick one. Oh, no. Animated. Oh, no. Anastasia. Anastasia? Have you heard there's a rumor in St. Petersburg? Wow. Um, Cage? Cusack. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't even know. I couldn't tell you one thing about that movie. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I could. Is there a bat? There's a bat in that movie that talks. Dimitri. Yes. And that is John Cusack. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, there you go. You're almost there. And just a reminder, that is not Disney, people. Anastasia, the film is no, not, not Disney. No, not Disney. That's important. Just remember that as you go on with your life. Stand by me. Stand by me. Kiefer Sutherland. Mm-hmm. And a whole lot of other people. River Phoenix, of course. Yes, River Phoenix is in that one. Cusack. Correct. Okay. I knew. I actually I knew that one, but only because that people talk about it. Mm. You know? He was the older brother who had recently passed away. And when they tell him that he, that he passed away, man, it's just like, yeah, my brother died eight months ago in a <laughs> yeah. car accident. I'm like, oh it's my god! It's like, oof, yeesh. Fantastic film. Let's go with, let's go with some more, um, nah. No, How many we'll have I back. missed? One? Just one, man. Ooh, okay. You're doing super, I'm feeling good. super yeah, good. Yeah, I feel good. Snowden. Snowden. One mm-hmm. of them was in that? This one shocked me. Is this the one with Benedict Cumberbatch? I can't tell you that. Oh, there were multiple Edward Snowden movies, though. There were right? like four. Oh, gosh. Not that it matters, right? This is kind of like a coin flip. Exactly. I, I, 50-50. Cage. That is correct. Oh, okay, good. That was a total guess. So you're doing great, man. You're doing great. We'll do, we'll do two more, just because you're too good at this. You ready? Apparently. We're going to go with mm, another long bust. <laughs> we're going to go with 1408. Another Stephen King. 1408. That one is Cage. That is John Cusack. Dang it. <laughs> see, in that one I thought I knew. Yes. I can see him. And see, th- that's what's messed up, dude. <laughs> is like I can see 1408 in my head and I see Nicolas Cage's face. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Nicolas Cage will be doing remakes in 30 years of John Cusack's movies. Dude, if somebody really wanted to ruin my life, they would do that exact thing. They oh, like would, a deep fake? Yeah. They yes. would ruin, they would remake every movie with one of them with the other person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that'd be fantastic. Okay, last one. Last one here. Last one. City of Angels. City of Angels. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a spelling bee. May I have the uh, country of origin? <laughs> <laughs> I believe Meg Ryan is in this as well. Mm, mm-hmm. It's a it's a crazy movie. It's pretty neat. It's Cusack. Pretty neat. Cage. 
Dang it. <laughs> I did not keep score, but hopefully you I missed. Did. I think I missed three. Three? Yeah. I thought you did great, man. That's really not bad. How many were asked? I don't remember. Not 10, though. No. Yeah, so I didn't really do that well. I, I was like 50-50, which <laughs> it's the same thing as if you... What is that they say? If you answer true on a fi- on a true false quiz all the way down the line, you'll get a fifty percent. That's that, right. That's what this was. <laughs> so, you did it. Good job, me for for doing that. So uh, your homework is to watch every Nicolas Cage and John Cusack movie and keep them straight. I have to like Winter Soldier brainwash myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to watch all the movies and then you need to bring over like um a creepy notebook something to zap me with like a taser yeah. and then just at, just like rattle off names of movies and i'll be like cage and like Zzz, you know just have to you have to force me to learn 16 it. candles number station <laughs> yes <Being> john malkovich <laughs> ghost rider family man like yeah just like that has perfect. To, yeah that's how it has to go down um okay great well that was a fun game i'm glad that i didn't fully embarrass myself but i think the most telling thing about that is the movies that I had actually seen are the ones that I got wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just I'll let that sink in for a little bit. All right. I want to leave lots of time for this review. We have a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot to cover. Not only is this move, movie just wrought with things to talk about, but it's been a long time. It's been marinating, you know, it's been, it's been sitting in our brains and so I want to make sure that we have lots to talk about, but we should just jump right in. Let's do it. Also, I want to say that I have successfully refrained from calling this movie The Joker in my conversations with regular people. Mm-hmm. It in is my, not The in Joker. In my real life. It's just Joker. 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 Got it. Synopsis in 280 characters or less. Tweet. Tweet synopsis. Mm-hmm. You or me? Is it? Who is it? I think it's you. Is it me? Oh, yeah, it is me. It is me. All right, here we go. Joaquin Phoenix stars as Arthur Fleck, a mentally ill party clown living in a city that has turned its back on him. As his world darkens daily, Arthur decides to forfeit his dream of becoming a comedian in favor of becoming the Joker. Ooh, forfeit. That's, That's like a um, word. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I try. I do. I try hard. Um, I. It's like uh, that pause was kind of like, you are now entering the twilight zone you know yes that was that was the that was the effect i was going for there i love it that was a wonderful wonderful synopsis thank you your tweet synopsis arthur fleck does what he can to get by but when the system callously leaves him behind he must reinvent himself in order to be happy with the man that he is all while tearing down the world that refuses to be kind dude you said that forfeit was a good word and then use callously (laughs) what kind of sick joke is this Forfeit was a good word. I didn't expect <laughs> it. <laughs> that is absurd. <laughs> Callously. This is like um, Bill Belichick. He was the, he's the coach yeah. of the New England Patriots. He talks good about the opponent, no matter how bad they are. Okay. It's to make you know, it's to make his team feel like they have to prepare and to make the other team feel like, yeah, we're good. Stand them up and then yeah, sweep their feet. <laughs> kill them. Yeah, that's what you just did to me. So No, I did not. Thanks for that. Um, okay. And the Oscar goes to. Oh. In unison, one, two, three. Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix, Joe Aquin Phoenix, Joe Aquin, Leaf Phoenix. I'm gonna make a claim, Kirk, and and maybe maybe there should be some weight behind this. We should figure out something. I know we're trying to find a bet for the James Bond thing, mm-hmm. but I do. I want to say this now. Joaquin Phoenix will win the Academy Award 
for best actor. Mm-hmm. Period. Print it. Done. I'll have it tattooed. No, I'm not going to say that. But that—that's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> dang <wager>. it! <laughs> no, but I am—I am that confident about this. Yeah. I—I I mean, and, and this is—you know—we've already talked about Leonardo DiCaprio's performance in a little film called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was absolutely incredible and Oscar worthy for mm-hmm. sure. But I don't see how anybody beats this. Much like Leo's performance in The Revenant. You just can't touch that in a in an Oscar season. I don't think you can, and and, and I think, I think t- to be honest, when you have a person who is the title character, they just have a they just have a leg up to yes. somebody who stars in an ensemble film. You yes. know, it's just it's just the nature of of how it goes. You know, I would say Renee Zellweger has an edge over everybody she competes against. That's not the title character in their movie because she is on screen the entire time mm-hmm. and Joaquin Phoenix is on screen the entire time. Um, and he's absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can, I cannot say enough. The character that he builds here is so real. It's insane. It's insane how real he is. He feels both so human and so not human at the same time. And, and and to get to the level of detail that he got in this acting performance, I mean, I, I was floored. I was absolutely floored. It's it's hard to even like find good things to say about it because it was just like, it was incredible. Yeah, because you just want to point at it and say, there it is. Go watch it. When I was in uh, school, I went to school for theater. Great choice. I, uh, it was a great choice. Look at you now. <laughs> You're wearing Joker makeup and doing a podcast. Look at my makeup. Yeah. Look at my makeup. Killed yours, it. Yours is beautiful too. Um, I did this uh, study. The The psych department actually asked actors from the theater department to come over and pretend to make up stories and go at it against their, their incoming psychology majors. Mm. And I kind of felt like I was back in there a little bit while I was watching because I had to create this story. No, nowhere near. Nowhere near did I like think about what little nuances that Joaquin Phoenix did in this film. It was just spot on. Things that you didn't think could be mimicked and represented on a screen, he did it. It's ins- it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he, and his... Like, I think a big part of it is level of difficulty. We talk about that sometimes. How level of difficulty, you know, like... Daniel Day-Lewis in My Left Foot. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he wins partially because the level of difficulty in that performance is hard. It's the same theory of everything with Eddie Redmayne. Yes. You know, incredibly difficult performances, obviously for different reasons in those cases. But in this case, he had to build a character that was insanely complex, uh, complex in ways that we can't understand, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and he had to take that character through this self-discovery over the course of how long was this movie? Oh, like just two hours. Yeah. Two hours and two minutes, I think is what I remember. Exactly. Um, and he does so, so seamlessly and, and he reacts to things as if it's as if he's generally like genuinely learning about the world for the first time as Arthur was. And, um, people will talk about this performance for a long time. I think whenever I was, whenever I was done watching this film, I was generally shell shell shocked by the entire experience of the movie but when the dust settled inside my brain, I just thought to myself, I've never seen anything like what Joaquin Phoenix just did in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we saw this together. We went at 1030 at night. You texted oh, me like man. an hour before. You're like, hey, you want to go see this tonight? I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and on the ride home, we were mostly silent or just dumbfounded. We were like, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was so hard <laughs> to talk about the movie. I think, yeah. And I think it's good. I think if we had had to 
record the episode the next day, I don't know how we would have spoken about it because it was just, it took a long time to digest. Yes, you really have to process this. One of the cool things that has come out since it's aired, again, we're going to give you as little to no spoilers as possible with this, as always, but Joaquin Phoenix always spoke that he wanted his Joker to be interpretive. He wanted every single person to kind of get something different from it. And Todd Phillips has voiced the same things in separate interviews. And I think you get just that uh, from from the character himself, from the way Joaquin per, uh, per portrays him, as well as how the film comes together as a whole. There are things in this movie where you may think something is happening and someone else may take that a completely different way. Absolutely. So super cool, super well done. It's difficult to do that. I mean, that is in essence art because you can look at a picture and of, let's say, a Monet and two people can see completely different things out of it, get different feelings from it. Yeah, it's it's um, it's like the catcher in the rye. Yeah. You know, I, that's, what I, that's what I was thinking about too. Polarizing, yeah. You, you read the catcher in the rye and some people's reaction, uh, you know, a lot of people's reaction right after is, that's so dumb. It's just a book about x but that it's just a book about like what what people say there is always different and that is what makes the book great Mm -hmm. you know the you know it's not an easy book to read it's not an easy book to stomach it's a lot of times just not super enjoyable but at the end you're left with something that can that is truly up to your interpretation did you like catcher in the rye yeah i did i loved it yeah yeah i mean i like the stream of consciousness writing i I, (laughs) that's that's kind of that's I like Aaron Sorkin and I like things like that. I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it, I thought it was good, um, but this was very much similar to that. Yep. All right. Anything else on Joaquin Joe Aquin? I mean, we could probably talk all day. All day. We could have um, a whole podcast just on his performance. Yeah. Um, let's move into Scene Stealer. I went with Zazzy Beats. <laughs> she has a fun name. <laughs> she has a she has the funnest name. Zazzy Beats. <laughs> <laughs> Zazzy Beats. Zazzy on the beat. No, she she has a great name. Uh, I love it. It's it's super fun. Mm-hmm. She is one to watch out for, Kirk. She's on she's on the rise. She was in Deadpool two. She plays Domino in Deadpool two. Loved it. Loved that one. Yeah. She's she's great. She's um she's a true artist. She's an she's an actor who commits to her character, and she plays or what I think is such an intriguing character. Perhaps the second most intriguing character next to Joaquin Phoenix in this movie. Um, she plays Sophie Dumond and her relationship with Joaquin is one that's interesting. She is experiencing Joaquin with no prior knowledge or background on him. You know, they live in the same building and she runs into him a couple of times and their relationship kind of develops from there. And she is one of the sole people that is an engine of positivity in in uh, Arthur Fleck's life. Yes. She is the one positive interaction that he gets on the days that he sees her. Um, but he also has a hard time interacting with her because of that. And, and their interactions are so, so critical to Arthur's development mm-hmm. and why this movie keeps you guessing. And her, her relationship with him and how it evolves is ultimately crucial in deciding how arthur fleck will choose to live the rest of his life yes Um, you're so right that she is the the shining positive influence on his life yeah and some horrible things are happening to him and then you see zazzy beats come in and she (laughs) she just lights up his world yeah and it's it's really cool to watch it's cool to watch joaquin change from his depressive mood to wow i have a chance 
and it's also impressive to see what the film what the what the film and the cinematography does in that same yeah. aspect as well yeah and i think i think um i mentioned it i think that there in a lot of movies there are or tv shows there is a character that's meant to be us sometimes yes. you know experiencing something um for the first time mm-hmm. and experiencing it in a very relatable way zazie is that character mm-hmm. you know she she is the she plays the character who is experiencing Arthur Fleck in her real world and her real, her real world is very similar to ours in our daily lives. And I think that those characters are very important, especially in movies like these to ground them in reality. Um, when at times, if it's not kept in reality, it loses its effect. Yes. So Zazie beats. Wonderful. My scene stealer had to go with De Niro. Yeah, man. Robert De Niro, the goat. I Bob, mean, Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> we got Marty. We got Bobby. <laughs> Friend of the Bob. <laughs> <Coming> in. <laughs> oh, man. I, again, I think I've seen it before, but I did not know the magnitude that was Robert De Niro's acting chops until I started diving into everything that he's ever done. I still have a long way to go, but seeing him in this movie made a lot of sense. This this film has been compared to the likes of Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, which yes. Robert De Niro was the stars of both of those and did excellent excellent uh work in each of them one is oscar for taxi driver so fantastic or raging oh shoot well he was nominated at least yeah um so wonderful job uh de niro seeing him in this i talked recently about um tommy lee jones how yes when you get older you kind of you just kind of be yourself even jack nicholson did this in the the last couple of films that he yeah, was in he did for sure for sure he did and after you know after departed and this is this is Robert De Niro coming back to saying, no, no, I'm part of this game. I'm still a presence in the film industry, and he nailed it. I, I just loved watching him come on screen. Lots of different facets that he was uh, holding up on on screen, which between different relationships with different people that came into the fold. And again, introductions and relationships are key for how successful your film is going to be. And having a pro like Robert De Niro just made him shine all the all the brighter for that. Yes, he plays uh murray (laughs) (laughs) you'll get that when you see the movie murray franklin um who's a late night talk show host yes of the same of gotham city which is really really cool um that's another thing quick tangent the the bits that were pulled in from gotham city were it was really cool how they did that Mm -hmm. um because you know you can start to forget that this takes place in gotham city but it and it's not overall that important to the movie but it's important to the character it's important it's important that for the Joker, this is Gotham City, and that it, it that it's that things happen there that can only happen in Gotham City. I'll just say that. Yes. Um, yeah, and they don't make a reference to like twenty minutes in. And you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it doesn't like <laughs> flash at the bottom of the screen. Gotham City, 1974. You know, it's like they're very subtle about it, and I think that that was the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but his character is really fun. So yeah, Murray Franklin. He's a late night talk show host. The the way he interacts with the crowd, the charisma that he oh. has, um, it's really great. He, he, as soon as he pops onto the screen, you you just smile. You crack a smile because um, it's it's like any of those late night guys. They just make you feel comfortable, and yep. you can tell that he did his research on Johnny Carson and you know you know the greats of the inter- industry, Jay, mm-hmm. Jay Leno and and the ilk. Um, um, so yeah, I think I think that's a great choice. Yeah. It was it was hard for me not to pick him just because. I love Robert De Niro so much, but I wanted to make sure we got some time to talk about Zazie, but I think that that's, he was a great performer. I don't think this movie is as successful without Bobby. No. Bobby De Niro. 
No, not at all. Because uh, there's a really big balance that these two characters have in this movie. So go yes. see it. You'll find out. <laughs> yeah. And, well, I don't want to give too much away. I have to stop myself because... Same. <laughs> I, I, like, I want to talk about everything. So I have to kind of like pull it back. I have to restrain well, myself. We could talk a little bit about it. So the reason that Murray Franklin is in this movie is because he's an inspiration to Arthur Fleck. Right. Just like Zazie is an inspiration to him. There's light. There's there's uh, like hope um, because I think in the trailer that you even see that you even see them. He's going on a talk show and that talk show happens to be for yeah. Murray Franklin, which is De Niro. So he gets there. He gets he gets to in some way interact with Murray Franklin and it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's a it's an important piece. So that's a really good choice. Let's get a little bit more analytical on this movie. Let's dive into the let's dive into the finer details with Show Stopper. Let's do it. My Show Stopper, and this is the first time I've done this, but I'm I'm glad to be doing it because I am a music guy, as you know. Um, my Show Stopper is the score, mm-hmm. because this score, and this is going to sound once you hear the score, this next statement is going to sound really weird. I listened to it at work the other day, like on repeat. Um, <laughs> which is an interesting thing. I was not in a bad headspace. I promise you that, <laughs> but it is so interesting for so many reasons. And this movie in itself is a symphony. It's like an Italian symphony in three parts. Okay. So like most symphonies are, are four, four movements. This is like a three movement symphony. Mm-hmm. And those movements are the clown, the comedian, the Joker. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I talked about it a little bit. This is a very much a movie about self-discovery because Arthur Fleck is figuring out how the real world, his real world, um, responds to people like him, you know, and, and, and what, what the world looks like for someone like him, someone with the issues that he has and someone who doesn't get the support that he needs. And so he's really learning, you know, he's, he's like a, He's like a new person. He's like figuring things out. He's like almost like a baby. He's like learning new things. Yes. And the score plays that so beautifully. Um, He just, he writes in a way that at the beginning it's very minimalist and uncertain. It sounds uncertain. It's like heavy strings, but, you know, not natural melodic progressions, nothing that sounds very pleasant to the ears and things like that. But as it goes, you know, we get percussion, we get rhythm. And, uh, by the end you've got a song and it's, it's an interesting one, much like the Joker is a very interesting character. But by the end, you've got, you've got a melody, you've got a rhythm, you've got a full thing. And it's, it's really impressive. Um, and I think that it just really helps the effectiveness of the movie. The music is present when it needs to be present and Mm -hmm. it's not when it, you know when it doesn't need to be there you know it's 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 perfectly balanced it's really well done and i think it just makes the story so much more impressive and another thing that it does is that there is movement in this movie constantly right like the camera is constantly moving it's never it's almost never stationary Mm -hmm. we're either zooming in zooming out panning around moving with joaquin phoenix as he walks around um there's a very rhythmic um, portion of this movie and there's dancing is a big part of Arthur Flex character as you've seen in the uh, in the trailers more than likely and so music this this movie is 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 all about music really in a way mm-hmm. and so I thought that the the score had to be perfect to to tell it and it was you're so right yeah and the camera dances with it you're absolutely right and even in its most poignant and stillest moments that camera is still 
moving. Um, even I can think of one of the shots in the, in, in the pretty close to the beginning where there's this incredible blur out and you just see Arthur Fleck as the focal point and it's zooming just ever so slowly towards him and you just get a good look at him for his entire body and being for quite a while um and you just see him kind of broken um excellent choice i love yeah it. and i love it. i want to say the name of this person her name is impronounceable um so oh, I, good. I can't say it. the last <laughs> name I, I legitimately cannot say it her first name is hildor so if i at oh, any no. if i at any point during this thing said that it was a guy i was totally based on assumption of you know like the first name and yeah. how this name is impronounceable so i apologize for that but um she's she this is not her first rodeo she did arrival I bet. oh she did great. sicario both of those which is funny i had no idea and going back i'm like wow. uh yeah amazing scores yeah. arrival arrival in particular i i can hear it in my oh. head right now because it was so good yes um so shout out to her she's absolutely incredible big shout out big shout out big showstoppers for me um there were two i have to talk about both of them because they kind of go with one another um colors obviously this is the joker so we have the his colors from his face uh, they're incorporated throughout the rest of the world of this film and they're so subtly placed at first like there's a pharmacy with with red green and white uh, and you're like oh what's gonna go down yeah, there you yeah. know uh and that's just strewn throughout and then you get to the murray franklin talk show and there are just all these colors this splash of colors because uh, we think this has happened in like the 1980s. I think it was 1981 that it got pinned to uh, that someone did the research on other elements of this. So it's the colors you follow through with the moods that Arthur Fleck is going through, what he's experiencing, whether he's down on himself, whether he's been um, enlightened by Zazie Beats or enlightened by Murray Franklin or whatever else is negatively happening in his life. Those colors flip flop, flip flop. It's great. And then the biggest moment for me, what I really loved in the cinematography was the, the, the camera cut shots and there is a low angle shot, which is typically referred to as the hero shot yes. when the camera is low, but you, you're looking at the person upward. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see the Joker in this several times. Um, I think there's some, there's, there's poster art where there's this giant stairway that he dances on as well. And he goes up and down those stairs several times, but every time, except for once, I believe is the here is the low angle hero shot. So when we're talking about Joker, the villain who does monstrous things, cause he's evil. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty interesting dichotomy to see that that's the choice. And, uh, it's really fascinating to watch as he's climbing and, and descending those stairs as well. And when it happens is key too. So big mise-en-scene, big film moments for me that really just grabbed my attention and made me go, oh. Yeah, incredibly good point. Something I wanted to bring up, and this is as good a time as any, is they force you, they force you to come to terms with your feelings about this character. Yes. They will not let you escape the theater without having an opinion about this character for better or worse. Yeah. Um, and it's exactly that, you know, they force you subconsciously to see him in a hero light, to see him as a monster, to see him in all these different ways so that you have to, it's inescapable. You have to make an opinion about this character. Yep. Um, which if a movie can make you think about yourself and how you view things, Holy smokes, Mm -hmm. you know, they've done an incredible job. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point. Excellent. Okay. Director's shoes. I had a hard time with this one. Um, and so I'm, I'm getting nitpicky because oftentimes with really good movies, you have to nitpick. Um, and I do, I do 
as my score will ref- will reflect, I do think this is a very very good movie. Yes. Um, the ending of the movie, and I'm not going to give any spoilers away. The way that they kind of like crescendo to the end of the movie, to use another uh, to use another music term there. Beautiful. You, it keeps you guessing, but not always in the best way. Like I think this movie actually has like three different endings in the last. 20 minutes Mm -hmm. like there there are like three significant things that happen and then it ends and you're kind of like it's good because it leaves you to think about what you just witnessed and what this means about this character and about you as a person and and all of that but it felt if they could have honed it in a little bit more and just made it feel more natural and made it made you know because those things one thing happens and another thing happens and another thing happens and it's like kind of jarring. And so you have a hard time kind of like coming to terms with what you're watching. Um, and so I think they could have smoothed that out a little bit more. And I honestly think that it was almost like watching three alternate endings to the same movie. They're all still, they're all still applicable to the character. None of them change the character, but like there was one point where I was certain they were going to end the film and it would have been stellar roll credits. Yeah. Roll credits. And they didn't, mm-hmm. they kept going. And then there was another point where I was like, Oh, they're going to roll here and they didn't. And they kept going. And so it kept me guessing, which I was thankful for. And it, it gave me more to work with in terms of like figuring out how I feel about this movie. Um, but it was, it was an interesting watching experience. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be my, that, that would be one thing that I would change is just kind of smooth that out. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent choice. Um, it's very powerful when you can pinpoint the exact same thing from a movie that's near perfect because that's mine too. Yeah. The ending was ambiguous uh, because of that. I like, it was almost like, yeah, choose your own adventure. Which one would you like to end on these alternate? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the exact same one I put as well. Um, part of me thinks that it goes hand in hand with wanting the film to be, you, what's your perspective on it? You know, it's super open, open to interpretation. Um, and I think also they said from the get go of the production of this film that it would not be tied to anything else in the DCEU at all. And I think this kind of gives them leverage to, to, to stay true to that by having these three separate ending acts that happen at the, at the end. Um, the exact same thing. I wanted it to end at a certain point and then I got another one. I'm like, Oh, this would be good too. Right. Not, no, not mad about it. And then another one happened. I'm like, all right, is this the ending? (laughs) You know? Um, so I would agree with all of that. Yeah. Just like, just, just even it out a little bit. But again, I think there's probably an artistic reason for that. And I'm sure if you ask Todd Phillips <laughs> based on how he meticulously pulled this movie oh. together, uh, he could tell you exactly why it went down like that. And I, I mean, you can, if you think about it hard enough, you can come up with some reasons for it, but mm-hmm. I just think that, um, you know, it could, it could have ended a little bit smoother and, and mm-hmm. left us with, Sometimes, sometimes I, I find myself in the position of, do I want the director and the writer to, to leave me the choice or do Mm -hmm. I want them to tell me their story? Like Inception. Yeah. Did that, did the totem drop or is it still spinning? Yeah. Like, so, so, so sometimes I watch the movie and I'm like, Chris Nolan, good on you, man. Yep. You, You know, you left it open. I can talk about this as often as I want. I can go back and forth, but other times like for a movie like this, um, which is deeply rooted in societal, you know, issues and, mm-hmm. and norms and things like that. You almost want the director to have a firm opinion yes. and to tell a story that has a real firm message. That's not up for interpretation, but you know, it's, 
we can go all yeah day. <laughs> i mean it's it's a double-edged sword i think both both are good for different reasons so yep i agree all, all right let's give some final thoughts and let's score this thing and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the movie afterwards because there were a couple things that i think are important to talk about mm-hmm. regarding this movie so i'm going to give my score before i get my final thoughts okay um i'm giving this movie a whopping 9.7 out of 10 kernels mm-hmm. i think this is the best movie that i've seen this year this movie and, and i want to be clear i want to be extremely clear here this movie disturbed me mm-hmm. okay this movie was sometimes very difficult to watch it was jarring it was unlike anything i had ever seen before todd phillips did things in this movie that very few people have dared to do on the screen um he confronted some very interesting issues but this movie is so it's a masterpiece because of what we've been talking about the whole time the versatility the way that this movie can be exactly what you want it to be it can be something different every single time you watch it at its shallowest it is a fantastic origin story of the joker of of arthur flex joker Mm -hmm. at its deepest it is a very on point social commentary on the mental health crisis that we have in the United States of America at this moment. It is tackling political issues. It's tackling hard to talk about issues. It's, it's facing us. It's having us look straight in the eyes of a villain that we've seen many, many times in our real world and have yet to defeat. Um, it's, it's crazy, you know, like it, it's just very real. Um, we, we, you talked about the dichotomy of how, it is at the same time human. It is a, as it is non-human. It's at the same time a comic book movie, as it is set in reality. Mm-hmm. It and all of that sounds like just like buzzwords and talking points. But when you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's 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 honestly just very impressive. It really is. So nine point seven out of ten. I'm still saving that ten. I don't know that I'll, <laughs> I. I don't think I'll ever give it out. This may be the highest score I give for a really long time. Yeah. I think this movie is a masterpiece and worthy of whatever accolades come its way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if we'll ever get a ten out of either of us. I don't That's know. That's gonna be. I don't know. Hopefully, it's the Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Spoiler, we'll see. spoiler: I did not give this a ten, but it's up there. It's up there. Um, I have to give this uh, based on the what we score everything on i went with a 9.8 on this nice because i really enjoyed this movie i really loved guessing and yes it is horrifying let me tell you uh, in the in the the buzz about this people have come out of the movie saying it's not that violent no it's violent and you should be aware of how jarring that can be depending on what type of person that you are yep um and even in the non-violent scenes, it's very suspenseful. I found my chin to my chest most of the time, like, oh, man, what is happening? What's he going to do? What's so-and-so going to do? You know, there's multiple characters. And I I think that when, when you can do that to an audience, when and again, go through this wide range of facets to a person's uh, personality and really give them everything right there front and center, which Judy did in a way as yeah, well, because yeah. we had Judy's face front and center. Arthur Fleck was front and center. There were It was mostly close-ups. Uh, I think that, that you just have to go headfirst into this movie if you can, and and really just go along for the ride. So Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a really good point. Just to jump in, know what Kirk's saying, know your boundaries, seriously. Yeah. The, I, I've seen, Kirk and I have both watched a lot of movies. Yep. We've undoubtedly seen some pretty jarring movies and things that shake you up. This is this is high on that list. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think it's safe to say. 
Um, it is not violent end to end, but the violence that's in there is so incredibly jarring because yep. it's well put together. Um, it feels incredibly real. Um, so just just know yourself. If you need to sit this one out, there's no shame in that. That's fine. for sure. I think you'll be better off for it if you're someone who gets bothered by things like that. Yeah, definitely. So you know, go see it if you can. Yeah, I, if, you, <laughs> if you're able, <laughs> if you can stomach it, go see it. Um, I have to admit, I'm dying to see it a second time, but I don't think I can see it again in theaters. I wouldn't see it again in theaters. It's either. um, and 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 now's a good time. We're going to talk about the controversy surrounding this movie. Um, I had a hard time sitting in theaters watching this movie after what happened with the Dark Knight Rises and Aurora around this character. I hate that it sur- surfaced like that. It's around this character. I hate that that person who did that called themselves the Joker and did all of those things because that's not what the Joker is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I was on edge the whole time. Mm-hmm. Just, just admittedly like being fully candid. I was on edge the whole time. Um, I didn't feel totally comfortable in that theater. I, I thought, you know, I, I don't know. There was even, there's people kind of fear mongering. You've probably heard stories about like the long beach, uh, theater that self evacuated because some guy came and stood by the exit door and just stared at everybody. Like, it's this movie for better or worse is going to bring out people that are going to fear monger and do things that freak you out. In our showing, there was a guy who left with like 10 minutes left in the movie, Yep, walked super slowly across the movie theater and then came back and just stood in front of the exit door until the movie was over. Yep. And it freaked me out. And it probably is one of the reasons that I didn't like the end of this movie as much as I could have. Cause you're panicking. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you have, if you have anxiety about that, which is totally natural, I'm, you know hand up i'm definitely there it's scary just sit it out because you're going to be uncomfortable the entire time and um i'm looking forward to seeing this movie again but from the comfort of my own home yeah there's there's definitely that with any movie i see it could be even be a comedy i'm looking people up 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 and down as the moment they stand up from their seat i'm like where are you going yeah what's going on who are you right i'm like memorizing their face um even in, in when i saw ad astra there was there was like a second level door uh, right by me and Aubrey and my sister. And this guy like came out and he just stood there. I'm like, no, what's happening? Yeah. Then he had like a security shirt and I watched him, but I missed like 10 minutes of the movie. Right. So really be careful out there with this. I remember Iron Man 3, this happened to me too. Like just like strange things. Like when you go to the movie, get snacks. Don't be a weirdo. If you can, try not to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Because every time you go to the bathroom, I'm freaking out. Like right. what's going to happen? Right. Yeah. Um, but I know people have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sadly, it's the world we live in. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is. It's horrible. Um, I never one time considered it prior to Aurora. You know, yeah. I, I saw. I was. I was watching The Dark Knight Rises at midnight when that happened. Yes, I came home to the news. Um, so unfortunately, that's just that's where we're at, and I think that this movie, more so than others, is more likely to to bring out. It attracts know, those types. Those of people. types of yeah, people, unfortunately. And so, um, just know that going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to talk about the controversy of this movie, most of which is rounded up in that, which is people are concerned um, that this movie will, you know, act as a sort of way of legitimizing um, people who believe that doing things like that are okay or will give them clout yeah, or like glorifying. Yeah, it. glorifying it or, or making it a hero. So I want to I want to get your take on that and, and whether or not you think this movie does that. 
Not at all. Because again, my chin was to my, like actually to my chest. I was wondering if you had watched me while you probably couldn't take your eyes off the screen. Yeah, much like yeah, myself. Right. I caught myself several times. My, uh, my, I was just like sunk in and uncomfortable. And then I had to like shake myself out of it. And then I found myself doing it over and over again, because in no way, shape or form, are you rooting Arthur Fleck on to, to do the things that Joker does? You're not. No. In, in any moment that he does it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought about this a lot. I mean a lot, a lot. I've gone back and forth on it multiple times. I will say that I agree that this movie is dangerous in the sense that while you and I can see that and say this person is not a hero, there is a certain type of person out there who could interpret it that way. Mm -hmm. And so I will not go as far as some have to call this movie irresponsible. I do not think it's that. Mm -mm. In fact, I think this movie... I mean, I applaud Todd Phillips for yeah. having the courage to talk about the things that are talked about in this movie and to, to call the light something that we've kind of whispered about for years as a society, but something that's just very real. And this isn't about, you know, I don't want to get super political on this, but like people talk about, do we have a gun problem or do we have a mental health problem? Like it doesn't matter. We, we, we could have both, you know, and, and uh, the mental health crisis is something that I, you know, is, is very real. And I think that the reason that this movie was set where it was set was, is it, I mean, I don't, th- this is in fiction, right? So we don't right. know exactly when it was set. I think Todd Phillips told us like a decade or so that it was kind of set, mm-hmm. um, but it was around the time just looking at the set and how people were dressing and things like that, that the, um, you know, mental facilities stopped getting funding and right. that they started to get cut. Um, and that's something that is very much lacking. I don't think that there's mu- there's not very much support for people who have very severe mental illnesses. Um, and that's not okay. <laughs> you know, we're, you know, we're Arthur Fleck is someone, I think Zazie Beetz said it best um, when she was asked about it. He is someone who slipped through the cracks Yep. and there is opportunity in our system, the way that it's constructed for someone to slip through the cracks. And so kudos to Todd Phillips for calling it out. Um, you know, to, to put it on such a wide yeah, forum for people mm-hmm. to see and for people to get it, you know, hyped about. I think he makes sure that you leave this movie knowing that we as a society have a duty to take care of people, it, our fellow man. And we have a, we have a duty, um, you know, to provide facilities and, and things like that to help them out. Um, you know, cause Arthur Fleck definitely falls into that category. So I will say that it is controversial in, in that sense, I, I will say that it can be dangerous for certain types of people. I will not say this movie is irresponsible. That's, that's where I net out. At all. In fact, I think even uh, ironically today, since we had to push back our recording date, I'm pretty sure today is um, National Mental Health Awareness Day. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure I saw something with um, Michael Phelps uh, releasing a very intimate video on, on that today um, from the Yep, it is today uh, from the bottom of the, the swimming pool, that empty pool that you've seen him in a couple times uh, on random commercials. Uh, so, yeah, today is that, and it's uh, it's okay to not be okay, but seek help if you need it. Yeah, and just freaking be kind. <laughs> be kind. <laughs> I mean, that's not, not to stay on the soapbox, but, like, th- I left this movie, like, man, be kind to people. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. just, like, that's the one thing you can control is how you interact with people. Mm-hmm. Like, just try your best. Even if you're having a bad day, try your best to be kind of people. Something I drill into my kids every day, man, especially when they just start bickering for no reason. I'm like, hold on. Does this really matter? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And let's work it out and also change your tone. Let's be kind. We can figure this out without killing each other. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. 
All right. So then the other big thing about this movie, we know that people are going to ask this, right? Mm-hmm. We, you know, we've had people tell us, I got to know, you know, well, who is it? Ledger Phoenix. What, what does it come down to? Um, I can give my take on this first. Go ahead. And I don't want, I don't want to get stones thrown at me for giving a non-answer. So I'll be careful with this. It is incredibly hard to compare those two jokers for a lot of reasons. The two movies could not be more different. The two jokers while having the same name, you know, in terms of like their villain title of Joker and having similar appearances and things could not be more different. Mm -hmm. And the movies are just, I mean, it's insane how different they are. Uh, Heath Ledger's Joker is not meant to be the focal point at all. Heath Ledger's Joker. We are not meant to know him intimately. In fact, we only know the bare minimum that we have to know to get through the movie. You know what I mean? Um, very different story with Arthur Fleck. We know everything we need to know and then some about him. You know him on every level. You know everything about him. It's it's a lot. So right there, it's just fundamentally different. Heath Ledger's Joker is not the star of the show at all. Nope. He's actually really just a vehicle to expose some of Batman's flaws as a hero mm-hmm. and to grow him as a hero. Batman is Batman is the story. Batman is the character. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not the Joker. Um, so when you compare the two, when you try to compare the two, it becomes very difficult. Um, if I had to give my preference, you know, because people are going to want an answer, mm-hmm. I lean towards Ledger, and the reason for that is that I'm a fan of the Joker because of the comic books, and that Joker in the comic books is a criminal mastermind. Yes, Arthur Fleck is not a criminal mastermind. Arthur Fleck is. Uh, you know, a sociopath, a psychopath, um, but he's not a criminal mastermind. The Joker, in my mind, should be and is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Heath Ledger's Joker is like, people theorize he's like ex-military, highly trained. He's doing things that you could not do unless you were just, he, I think like they call him an engine of chaos or something yep. like that. Like he has to be that. And that's what I think makes him so effective. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I, I would agree with a lot of that. It is so difficult to pin the best joker i mean obviously jared leto is the worst <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah I think we can all agree on that one that's just easy um thinking about like all the jokers i i saw a headline for an article and i should have dove a little bit deeper but the the idea of the joker that draws us to it is that it's he is a reflection of what society is so if we go back to the the adam west tv show we've got what is it caesar or cesar romano yeah and who played him this slapstick gimmicky you know like crazy antics um i don't know how if, if yeah, you haven't yeah. seen him go go watch like five seconds just like really funny it. yeah yeah and like that was what people wanted that was the style that you know we were coming off of the musical golden age you know and we needed something to just still be able to just be like this is crazy and silly oh the joker yeah you know? yeah and then you had jack nicholson who dark but dark but sinister. like yeah it was light like he was i don't know there was something about him about his portrayal that wasn't entirely that that was probably the best portrayal of criminal mastermind yes he was he it was like mob like in, in the tim burton version yeah, right? yeah and then of course then you have heath ledger chaos yep we really hadn't seen that that version of him and to uh coming off you know when did when did dark knight come out 2008 okay so coming off uh, a, f- a few years but coming off of 9 11 something that changed the world yes chaos reflecting in society 
and then now we have a mental health crisis, and now we see Joaquin Phoenix mm-hmm. coming in. And That's a great point. So I think each of them have. Well, let's not forget tidbits. about um, Zach Galifianakis, who played <laughs> uh, who played the Joker in the Lego Batman movie. Oh, of course, of course. Let's it's talk a, about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I watched that movie last night, and I was like, "Hey, we left him out." Whenever we talked about the Joker, poor Zach. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, I'll let you continue. <laughs> uh, so, again, highlights: Jared Leto is the worst. Joker represents our society at the time that that Joker comes out. Joaquin Phoenix does an incredible portrayal of the of the mental health uh, reflection, and we see him and in his growth to becoming what will be or may be the Joker, but not Joker in full blown action. So yep. I would also say that I would prefer the Heath Ledger version, but don't miss this version. Yep, it's important too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, what about if we expand the field? The Jack Nicholson, Mark Hamill. Oh, gosh. All of them. What's what's your pick? I still think I go Heath. Yeah, I think I go... I mean, I think I picked Heath whenever I talked about it, but it's between him and Mark Hamill for me, actually. Okay. Just because I love all the Batman animated stuff. Um, and that's a very cool Joker. That's a, that's a Joker yeah. who has got a sense of style, a little mm-hmm. bit of pizzazz. He's, you know... I like that one. I love the video uh, that talks about Mark Hamill becoming the the Joker. Yeah, and how he saw he saw what how they envisioned him with teeth, and so that's why his teeth are very laugh. Yeah, like he laughs through his teeth, and I was like, "Wow, you're brilliant." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Voice actors are people too, Kirk. Yes, yeah, that, that, that's the lesson here. <laughs> it's like you have to act to be a voice actor. I think that gets lost sometimes. It does. Yeah. Um, so that's that's good. Um, let us know your thoughts if you've seen this movie. Obviously, we had the poll about like which Joker do you like the best. Uh, that was a lot of fun. But if you've seen this movie and you're thinking the same thing, Ledger versus Phoenix, who is it? I versus kn- Leto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know your thoughts. Yeah, I was sad to hear uh, Jared Leto um, apparently felt alienated by this project and well, felt left out. You know. That's like, well, literally no one, including the person who directed the Suicide Squad, enjoyed your performance. And most of your scenes got on the cutting room floor so we'll I, see if that comes to light if he gets his own yeah. og sorry man. joker or next one it's i mean it's not like he can't act we we know he can he's, yeah he's an academy award winner <laughs> that's right. that's not the point it's just that his joker not great miscast all right with that i am excited to get into this top five which is top five comic book villains yes so if i started i start this too right do it okay well now i'm on the spot <laughs> tough um okay i am going to go with dr octopus excellent choice i had to choose a spider-man villain because i think the spider-man villains are great because of the fact that they're it's similar to batman villains in that they are normal people and what i really like is that they're people that peter parker has a relationship with mm. in his real life that's the genius behind spider-man um, and the genius behind the villains in those, you know, whether it be Green Goblin, Vulture, you know, like he knows all these guys um, and the people that are his villains. And so it's, I'm really kind of picking all of the Spider-Man villains, but I'm just picking my favorite one, which is Dr. Octopus. Excellent choice. And to to that effect, that's such a key point, how he knows all of them and then they become villains or whatever. These cross paths with them. Um, there is a show on 
I believe it's Disney Junior. Uh-huh. It's called PJ Masks. Yeah. And these these kids, they're nighttime heroes. They fight crime in their PJs, and they're incredible. Gecko, Catboy, and Owlette. And I am just waiting for the curtain to be drawn on these villains that they're, they're other classmates, but they haven't pulled the trigger yet. Oh, really? I've tweeted at them several times. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's okay. Let it out. Just live your truth, man. I just hope this gets back to the producers and writers of PJ Masks. We can make that happen. They... It would be so good, like if all of a sudden Night Ninja takes off his masks and he's one of the friends in the corner, like yeah, you, you know, like because all the stuff like happens on the playground, like they know their alter egos right. and alter identities, and I just want that to happen. So I'm glad you brought that up so I could expose how much I want that to happen. Yeah. To so is uh, what was it, Night Ninja? Night Ninja, Luna Girl, and Romeo. Yeah. Are any of them on your top five? Well, I guess they're not comic book, are they? Not comic okay. book. Well, they probably would be if they were. They would be, books. especially Romeo. He's yeah, crazy. he's a good one. Uh, what you got? Number five. Number five. Speaking of Spider-Man, I'm going to go with Venom. Ooh, good one. Anti-hero. Anti-hero. Yeah. I think that uh, our nephews w- and and my son would be would be angry at us for not putting Venom. They love Venom. Venom. Yeah. Venom's love a him. big fan favorite. In yes. The, in the uh, in the family. Yeah. I. Uh, not so i watched uh so i've obviously known about venom for a long 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 time yes also watched the tom hardy venom eh, it wasn't terrible it was w- decently watchable yeah um better than watching um Topher grace portray the role <laughs> <laughs> yes i yes uh venom's just this just this animal that just is hungry and just does whatever he needs to be satisfied uh-huh uh and that's terrifying in that in that sense and yeah. there's the uh there's the jekyll and hyde effect yeah which is really cool yeah which is always neat when they do that yeah yeah so that's a good pick gotta go five for venom yeah good one i number four I am, ooh, this is really tough. I'm going to go with Magneto. I love Magneto. I love his back. I love his backstory. The X-Men all have really good backstories. That's one of my favorites, and that's no exception for their villains. You know, Magneto uh, has the Holocaust backstory, which is really interesting. It's very unique. Um, it's it makes it understandable why he, you know, hates people who thinks that, you know, people who are different from them are, are bad. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it show it's, it's a very good way to show why he is the way he is. And it's important for the top mutant villain to hate non mutant people, you know, right. and, and he has to have a really good reason for that. And so often the best part of, a villain is their motive yes. and the, why they came to be, because if it's, if you have a villain that's like, oh, I can understand why he, you know, why he or she is like that, then Don't they did agree a, with they it, did a great but, job. Yeah. yeah, but like it, it makes sense why they got to where they're at. Then great job. It's yes. you know that's that I think is um, a huge part of it, and that's why Magneto had to be on my list. Mm-hmm. Excellent choice. Number four, I'm gonna go with Thanos. Mm, yes, Might I be am contra- inevitable. That's right. Might be controversial because he's not higher on this list but no that's good i uh, like it i love thanos um again i did not really know about thanos i was i was in the camp that when they showed the villain and in, in uh, it was end of guardians where i thought it was red skull as well i'm like oh thanos okay let me read back up on this yes and i discovered i had a ton of comic books like og comic books with thanos in it i'm like okay cool i'm gonna read these now 
um, yeah, Thanos exactly has a great a great motive for wanting to fix the world. There's too many of us, not enough supplies in the world. I'm going to correct this issue. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the person. He's got a godlike complex in his head, unfortunately, and he is just nasty. He, he uses people only for his betterment and yep. uh, doesn't let anyone anything stand in his way for that as well. Yep. Good pick. Good pick. Love it. Number three. Mm-hmm. Another anti-hero. Loki. Excellent. The god of mischief. Yes. And that's why, you know, Loki opens, and they've already exploited this in the Marvel Cinematic Universe even, but he opens up so many possibilities because of the nature of his abilities, you know, to be able to duplicate himself, to be able to trick and, um, you know, deceive and, and do all those different things, makes him a really fun villain and keeps you guessing. Um, it's a lot like reading uh, a murder mystery novel anytime Loki's around because you're like, <laughs> you start to think you know what's going to happen and then it's like, whoop, something different happens. Yep. Um, and he's likable. You know, I think that that's another good aspect of a of a villain is like, are they likable? Because <laughs> if, they, if they are, then that's an added bonus and that makes them really effective because then you're stuck with this dilemma sometimes of like, who do I root for? The hero or this other guy who I also like or, you know, whoever. Right. Um, so I had to go... Loki for number three. I love it. I really love it. And uh, Tom Hiddleston. Oh man, kills it. <laughs> so good. That's why he's getting his own TV show. We need more. We need more Loki. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Number three. My number three. Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Lex Luthor is just a human being. I know. That's <laughs> it's so awesome. And he just uh, going up against Superman. Superman, <laughs> who has every power in the book. Yeah. <laughs> Like, how does he keep doing it? He just continues to manufacture kryptonite and just take him down. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's really not much much more to say, despite Jesse Eisenberg's horrible portrayal of him. Uh, and and uh, what's his face? Kevin Spacey as well. I didn't like his either in yes. Superman Returns. But you got to go OG, Super, OG Superman Lex Luthor. Also, Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville. Oh, maybe dude. the best portrayal. He was good. I like. I mean, I like the animated series. Yes, uh, the animated series is key. Lex Luthor, but yeah, dude, Smallville's Lex Luthor was incredible. They nailed it. I just think that you can't you can't write something as good as that for me to believe that this guy is going to take down this alien every single time. I mean, believe it. Like, well, yeah, Lex is a bad dude. He's gonna use all pull all of his He'll resources and take him down, and he does. He's afraid of nothing. Yeah, he's got billions of dollars and tons of connections he's he's just going after you so yeah bravo to lex luther yeah that's a good one um my number two is lex luther right. so <laughs> i'll pile on i feel a little bit like uh, i feel a little bit like stefan from snl like this villain's got everything he's got daddy issues lots of money and unlimited supply of kryptonite <laughs> you know like that's how i feel about lex luther he's, he's great he's just yes you, when you go to make the list of who is the perfect villain he checks every box. Yeah. You go down the list, you're like, yep, he's got a great look, L- iconic look, which is key. And that that is what's cool about him, too, is that he's literally a regular guy. Mm-hmm. You know, later on, he gets suits and, you know, like like bionic suits and things like that. But right. um, normally he's wearing just like a dress suit and he's, you know, he's got his bald head and he's just awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. He's got a great look. He's very intimidating. Similar, actually, in aesthetic to the Kingpin. Mm-hmm. from the marvel universe um but not giantly oversized and super duper strong so he's just a regular dude yep so yeah lex luther bravo 
What number am I on? Is it my number two now? Two. My number two. I think I'm going to go with number two, number two. I'm mixing my list up now because I, I'm looking at it and I'm just not happy with everything. No, it's okay. Not happy with it whatsoever. You know what? I'm going to put Kingpin as number two. Yes. Again, pretty normal dude. Just a normal, just giant framed man who is just a mobster in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, I think there's something to be said about people who can take on superhumans or people with abilities and then destroy them. In some cases, kill them. You know, lots of times um, our heroes die in the comics, like the actual comics, like, you know, Kingpin like snaps people in half and yeah. that's just the end of them. So I got to go Kingpin on that one. And, and especially um, such a good portrayal in the um, the Netflix Daredevil series yes, with for sure. Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, he killed it. Do you follow that guy on Twitter? No. Is it, is it horrifying? It is um, a trip. <laughs> I have one of my close friends, Luke, was like, hey, do you follow that guy from Daredevil on Twitter? And I was like, no. He's like, maybe you should consider it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did. And I think just a couple of days ago, I unfollowed him because the chaos that was ensuing on my timeline, I was like, what in the world? But, you know, sometimes the best artists or you know, have, have thoughts that are out there, you know? Yeah. And uh, he certainly falls into that category. He's I love it. Lots of poetry that is hard to understand. Lots of just like rantings and musings about things that I, I don't, I'm like, okay, oh, I'm It's lost. like Shia LaBeouf on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Same thing. Same thing. So, uh, but good pick in the Kingpin. I think Kingpin's another one of those villains who always thinks he's doing the right thing, mm-hmm. which is, which is compelling. You know, you could, you could. Uh, Harvey Dent says uh, in the the Dark Knight, you either you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the vil- villain. In a lot of cases, these villains think that they're the hero, mm-hmm. and you can see how that line is uh, pretty thin sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, that's it's always good to kind of show that off. Number one, I went with the Joker. Joker, I love the Joker. Um, has there been a villain that has inspired more adaptations and? either on film or television and writing, um, you know, been recreated in so many different ways. I think what you mentioned earlier about how he mirrors society and can take the shape of our greatest fears um, and somehow do it so seamlessly that like these characters can be so vastly different and yet the same. uh, That's what makes him good. Mm -hmm. And I actually was thinking about the Joker. My favorite types of comics to read are these limited series where they just do like 12 issues, they tell one story, the Arthur Fleck Joker would have been an incredible limited oh. series comic. Do you think they'll do it now? I don't know. I mean, I, I hate to say that like medium of film was not right for the story because it, it was an incredible movie, mm-hmm. but I it left me wanting a little bit. Like I, I, I really kind of want that now because I thought it would have been awesome in that form. Yeah, I think they could do it. Yeah, I, I get I get lots of different uh, notifications from all different media junkets, and half the time I'm like, "Oh wait, this is coming out," and it's like, "Oh wait, it's the comic book, not the film," and I'm I still get excited. Uh, but I think they could do it. They're just recreating tons of stuff all the time. Yeah, as you can do in comics. Yep, they died. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Whatever. Watch this. Read this. <laughs> just bring it back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I would be down for sure. That's great. My number one is Joker as okay, well. Okay, good. Super compelling. You know, the Joker is a mirror to all of us. Uh, to not us, not individually, but as a society. It's especially a mirror to you, Kirk. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> In my Joker <laughs> ma- makeup right now that I keep forgetting that I have one. Kirk's like, what? The Joker? What do you mean about the Joker? I'm not the Joker. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
um, I totally, uh, my, my wife asked me to like run to the store after this. And I said, I don't know about that. I'm going to have to go home and watch this. Office. You'd be arrested. You'd oh, be, yeah. They'd be like, okay, buddy. See ya. Tackled at the door. <laughs> what am I even wearing? I've got, I've got like a plaid shirt on. An, it actually would be really funny. I have to admit, because that outfit is like so not jokery that it's amazing. <laughs> yes. And you've got a blue shirt on. We should yeah, walk in together we should. and be like, duh, 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 just duh, act duh. like nothing's happening. Like, let's get some milk and bread. That place would clear out faster than anything. Easily. People would be screaming and running. <laughs> uh, so, a mirror to society. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's th- So, those were just six, six actors that we named off a little bit earlier. I'm sure there will be more. Um, yeah. Even if Joaquin doesn't pick up the, the reins of being Joker again it'll be someone else because it's not going to stop. Yep. Totally agree. Um, so that's top five comic book villains. Let's do some honorable mentions. Um, no females made an appearance on my list, but if they had, it would definitely have been Catwoman. I went back and forth between Doc Ock and Catwoman, but I didn't want to leave out. I didn't want to do like two Batman villains and no Spider-Man villains sure. because I love Spider-Man villains a lot. Um, but Catwoman is awesome. She's that anti-hero too. So I went kind of back and forth on that. Um, I've got Juggernaut. Love the Dude. Juggernaut. He's Love it. Also impossible to defeat on that Marvel Champions game on iOS. Well, yeah, he's the Juggernaut, Kirk. You the, can't defeat the Juggernaut. In the first like thirty seconds of every fight, it says unstoppable. So no matter what kind of throw you you go to him, yeah. he just crushes you. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, one of my favorite issues of any comic was Juggernaut versus the Incredible Hulk. Oh, gosh. Um, Hulk ends up becoming victorious, but only because he uses the Juggernaut's strength against him and causes him to charge into something so violently that he um, his own helmet, his helmet falls Gets off, which is, part, which is part of his power. So, yeah. okay. um, very cool. Juggernaut at Galactus. What is who it? Is eater, eater of Destroyer of, of Worlds. <laughs> yeah, Eater of Worlds, Destroyer <laughs> of Worlds, because um, he does that. He destroys and eats worlds. So, that's pretty cool. And then I have Thanos. Oh, and and a big one that was also high on my honorable mentions that I just now saw because I originally had him on my top five and pulled him out. Yep. Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom, who's never been done correctly on yes. screen. Yes, and I think that Doctor Doom is dragged down by the fact that he's with the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. and I have personally am not a huge fan of the Fantastic Four. There's a reason that it's hard to make good movies about them. They have lame costumes. The comic books are not great unless they're paired with like Fantastic Four meets Spider-Man, Fantastic Four meets the Incredible Hulk, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. But Doctor Doom is awesome. Yeah, he's wicked. What do you got? Honorable mentions? Any? Yeah, we've, we've you know especially uh, going back to females, we've got Mystique. Oh, dude! Who is, you know, yeah. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. So not necessarily Mystique always. Mystique is a, a good one. Um, Jean Grey when yeah, she goes when into she goes crazy to Dark mode. Phoenix mode. Um, who else? Is oh, and then I just had one other one here. It's um, Mephisto. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's AKA just the devil? Like that's horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> just just straight up Satan. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's well, like well done. That's uh, that is scary. You win. Checks I, out. I, I don't think there's anything scarier than that <laughs> fighting uh, as from a superhero's point of view. Yeah. So. Uh, the Mandarin also. Why, why, I keep, I could do this all day. We probably should stop talking okay, about it. Okay, I'll just okay. keep doing it. <laughs> um, okay, so that is a wrap on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope um, you have a better feel for the Joker and that you understand whether or not you can see it and, and how to feel about it afterwards and things like that. If you've already seen it or you're going to see it, hit us up after you see it. We Kirk and I are dying to talk more about this movie. I, I, mm-hmm. all it's all i think about for <laughs> for some reason it's <laughs> it's all i think about right now so uh, we'd love to hear more about it for 
next week's episode, which we'll have to figure out the timing on when we put it out to kind of like get ourselves back on track, but also like not put these two episodes like really close together. Um, we're going to be seeing Gemini man, Mm -hmm. which stars Will Smith and Will Smith, um, and Will Smith and Will Smith (laughs) and also Will Smith. (laughs) So that'll be, that'll be a good one. Ang Lee is the director, right? Ang Lee, uh, very decorated director. Mm Mm-hmm. Excited about it. Should be interesting. Got some de-aging, which uh, we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. So De-aging is all the rage right now. It's all the rage. It's so hot right now. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll check that one out. And then also just another plug, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker premiere. You could be seeing it with us. We would love to have you. Um, it's going to be a great time. We're going to have trivia beforehand, hand out some prizes. We'll, you know stick around and chat with everybody. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and you just like, you get to see the movie and you get to see it on opening night and you get to do it without any hassle, any fuss. Oh, and by the way, you're paying less for your tickets than you would bingo otherwise. So check it out, buy your tickets. We'd love to have you. Yes, please. All right. That is a wrap on this episode. Thank you guys for being patient with us this week. Uh, we really enjoyed pulling this one together. Really enjoyed talking about the Joker Thank you, as always, to Ryan Spriggs, who helps us produce this podcast. And finally, to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for our awesome theme music. We will see you guys next week. Talk to you then. Go ahead. Ready? Yeti. <laughs> Yeti. <laughs> Yeti. 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 That's, well, that's a new thing now. That's that's Yeti? how fast these things happen. They just they're just there. They sneak in. They're just Yeti. <laughs> <laughs>